0: It is Locked on Jazz for the 19th of May. Part three of the Danny Ainge career. The deals not made. Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Anthony Davis. But they tell us something very important about how he'll run the Utah Jazz. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of every day. It is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where any comments or thumbs ups or likes are valuable for the YouTube world. And on the podcast providers, thanks very much. Leave comments on Spotify now as well or on iTunes please leave us a five-star review. We'd like to thank the sponsor of today's Locked On Jazz, Sakara Nutrition. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish. Go to sakaracom slash locked on 20 and enter locked on 20 for 20% off at checkout. So we have been looking at Danny Ainge's career in our last two shows. We did it chronologically first, which was part one and part two. Part one was the first build when he took over the team to the championship and the second one was this, the the teardown the fleece of the both the nets and philadelphia and then the build up to where the celtics sit today which is in the eastern conference finals for the seventh time in 13 years which is rather remarkable and there's one other aspect of ainge's career that became the signature in boston and that is with all the assets that boston had he was in the midst of Jimmy Butler trade talks, Paul George trade talks, Kawhi Leonard trade talks, and Anthony Davis trade talks, and got none of them done. And that became a little bit of a signature or a reputation for, of age that he also wouldn't pull a deal unless he fleeced you. And I think we've shown thus far over, the la- over those two shows that that actually isn't particularly accurate up to this point. In the Kevin Garnett deal, he gives away Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, and a first-round pick. In you know, when he goes and gets Ray Allen, he gives up the fifth pick of the draft. When he goes and gets um, Kevin, uh, when he gives up, when he gets Kevin Garnett the first time, he gives away a lot to Minnesota. It actually could have been Steph Curry. Minnesota just misdrafted. Um, So he there isn't a track record that he's only willing to pull off deals unless he just fleeces and frankly in the Jason Tatum deal he gives away the first pick of the draft so that there's not a track record up to these four players marquee players so something's different about these four players that made it so that Danny Ainge didn't pull these deals and as i go as we go through them today what I think you'll see is one is there was one asset he just simply wasn't willing to move. Turned out he was right. And two is control. And I think that latter one is wildly important for how we look at what Ainge does in the offseason. And tomorrow's show, we'll look at what all of this analysis of the last three days means for the Utah Jazz offseason, and what we think it does. Plus, we'll probably do a mailbag tomorrow. I feel like I haven't, because I've been doing this series, I haven't interacted with you as much as I usually do. So we don't usually do mailbags, but I might do a mailbag. So let's go to Jimmy Butler. The Jimmy Butler deal is, Jimmy Butler gets traded June 22nd of 2017 to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that trade is Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and what was the, I think the seventh pick of the draft, Lori Markinick. And frankly, looking back over all the notes, a lot of the hubbub about it comes from Brian Windhorst on the Low Post podcast and some other things. And the telling comment that Windhorst says is Cleveland, if they're worried about Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford, and Gordon Hayward, this was before Hayward signs, uh, they're not worried. But if it's Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford, and Jimmy Butler, then they're terrified, you know, then they're gonna to have to make moves. If you recall from our conversations, this is when the Celtics are Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder. They're this kind of mid level team, and they've acquired, they pick, they sign Al Horford in 2016 to add on to this team for their first piece of the puzzle. And then they go and win 50 games, and now they're into the free agency year. That becomes the 2017 free agency year, which is for the Celtics, becomes the Gordon Hayward signing and the Jason Tatum draft pick. So the trade rumors we're talking about are mostly from 2016, trade deadline of 2017, and then the trade happens on the draft of 2017. The number one piece of this, if I look back and I went and Google searched, it's kind of fun to Google search and Actually, look at all these old trade rumors, and one of the funniest parts is you literally can find like Woge tweeting one day. They're deep close to oh, next day it's like totally different. Like, who knows what's actually true? It's pretty funny to look at all these things in retrospect. But what it it basically comes down to is the deal would have been, according to most of the rumors, and you don't know if they're totally true, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, and the Brooklyn Nets 2017 first round pick for Jimmy Butler, who had one year left on his contract, right? Because Jimmy Butler goes to Minnesota and then is is gone uh, after that. So if you go back and if you look at the Jimmy Butler transaction career, Butler gets traded in of 2017 and he plays the year and then um, – he gets traded to Philadelphia when he forces his way out in 2018 and then signs as a free agent. So he had, he had two years left on his deal. um, And then forced his way out of Minnesota one year later to go to Philadelphia where he then signs as a free agent and uh, with the Miami heat, right? He Butler ends up, if we go back through Butler's career, if I have it correctly and I'm checking to make sure he has one year in Philadelphia and then he signs with Miami. Okay. So the trade would have been Jason Tatum, Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder because it's the third or the third, what what turned out to be the number one pick of the NBA draft. And Danny wasn't willing to give up with the nets at the time, having the worst record in the league, what turned out to be the number one pick in the draft and turned out to be one of our next great superstars and Jason Tatum for two years of control on Jimmy Butler, which turned out to be one year of control on Jimmy Butler and Jimmy Butler's Jimmy Butler. You know, he proceeds to go trade. Here's part two of this. He he proceeds to trade. The, the trade rumor was Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder. He proceeds to go trade Jay Crowder and a first-round pick and Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving. And he trades Avery Bradley for Marcus Morris. And he signs Gordon Hayward. So in the same collection of talent that he basically would have traded for Jimmy Butler, he ends up with Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, and Gordon Hayward. So he didn't make the deal. Seems pretty reasonable, right? The assets that would have yielded Jimmy Butler under all that pressure, and it's where Brian Windhorst's quote that caused the most stir is so inaccurate. Windhorst's quote is, if it's Thomas, Horford, and Hayward, Cleveland's not worried, but if it's Thomas, Horford, and Butler, they are. Well, it turns out that it becomes Irving, Horford, Hayward, Morris, Tatum, and they already have Jalen Brown. So there's the first one. You decide whether or not, in retrospect, he should have signed Jimmy Butler, traded for Jimmy Butler for two years control, giving up. Jason Tatum, Jay Crowder, and Avery Bradley, who he turned into, or the number one pick, who he turned into Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, and Marcus Morris. Seems relatively rudimentary. Paul George is similar, frankly. There's not a lot different in Paul George. Paul George in July of that year, about two weeks later, is traded by Indiana to the Thunder. And then there's the Paul George rumors through 2019 to him wanting to go to LA. And the issue here with Paul George that gets interesting is again, it's Jason Tatum. And there's a quote from a Celtics insider that says, you know, both picks and players, it's the Jimmy Butler deal all over again. And we're not doing it. And again, it's similar players. It's the 2017 Nets pick. And it's Paul George also having just signed his deal. So he would have had a little bit more control, but we also already at that point, there were rumors every day of Paul George wanting to go to LA to play for the Lakers, not the Clippers, but the Lakers. So George had George signed his uh, Clipper contract or his, his, his deal in 2014-15 that ran for five years and then he extended with the Thunder in 1819. So when we're talking the trade here of Paul George in 2017, he only has one remaining year left on that deal. And so in the Jimmy Butler case, there's two years left on the deal. But in the Paul George case, there's only one year left on that deal. He goes to Oklahoma City, he signs the $30 million deal and then requests a trade a year later. Classy the so again it's Jason Tatum it's probably Jay Crowder it's probably Avery Bradley for one year control same equation he doesn't pull the deal so those are the first two comment on the YouTube section be a part of the conversation in retrospect should have he done the Jimmy Butler deal should have he done the Paul George deal as you look at them on the table today skewered pretty heavily for not pulling either of those deals for the Celtics at the time. But now that you look at it, one year of Paul George, extension, then he asked out, who knows what he would have done, two years of Jimmy Butler for what those things became. Give me your thoughts. It is Locked On Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by an interesting group. It's called Summit Cap. They're located in Utah County. They're businessmen who are investors. Um, They actually invested in Locked On. Um, So I'm really coming to you with firsthand experience here. What's so interesting about them is one of the things they're looking for are people out there that who need capital to be able to buy out the owner of the business they work in. So let me see if I can make that make sense. You work in a company, the owners have owned it for a long time. They're great people. They kind of might want out or you at least see a vision for where you take the company, but they don't have the juice to do that anymore. The company's doing fine. Why do they want to take it the next step? You see it. You see what you can do with it, but you, you can't do anything. You are just an employee. You don't have the capital. This is where Summit Capital comes in. They come in, provide the capital for you to buy out the owner. The owner wins. They get bought out. They're done. They, they move on. And you now proceed to take this company to a totally different level. Your equity is your knowledge base of the company and what you do. Summit supports you along the way. It's a pretty interesting way and it's a great, tribute to those of you that are workers that know companies well and know what's going on and they're understanding that. And that's really sums up some of Cap. They're entrepreneurs themselves. They're inve- they approach things as the mind of an entrepreneur. Unlike private equity or venture capital, there's no artificial timelines and they can invest in all types of structures, including debt and equity. They did what locked on, never once asked um for what their exit strategy was or when they were getting out the only thing they ever said was the greatest compliment wish we'd invested more so i appreciate that uh you can contact matt at 801-796-2033 that's 801-796-2033 or email locked on jazz at summitcaputah.com visit summitcaputah.com if you want more information text matt 801-796-2033 if you're driving right now and you can't remember any of those just email me at dlock Zero nine at gmail.com and I will take care of you. Today's show is also brought to you by Truebill. Bill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or su- simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts. Truebill will cancel all your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. They have over two million users and help saved over a hundred million dollars. It's also, I've used Truebill. It's also just cool to have kind of all your transactions organized, separated, knowing how much you're spending. Did you spend more this week? They'll, they'll notify you if you spent more or less than you usually do. It's kind of cool. Don't fall for the subscription scams. Stop canceling today at True Start Canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on MBA. It could save thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. We continue with the Danny Ainge trades or non-trades. Thanks for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. If you want the nightly NBA recap, Locked On NBA is there for you. 35-minute daily podcast breaking up all the news from the playoffs and everything else with our Locked On experts. It's there for you. It's daily. It's just 35 minutes. And also Locked On NBA Big Board getting you ready for the draft. All right. So the early comments, Andy says, absolutely not on either of those two trades. So now let's get to Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard won the Toronto Raptors a championship. And when he announced that he was interested in trade, in making, in being traded to uh, from San Antonio and demanded the trade, the Celtics were in the midst of it. And again, the reoccurring theme here: one year of control for Kawhi Leonard and whether or not the Boston Celtics would make the deal. So Kawhi Leonard gets traded, you'll recall, on July 18th of 2018 to the Toronto Raptors. So by that time, the Celtics, by 2018, have now drafted. They've actually formed the next team, right? So they've traded Jay Crowder. They've traded... Uh, Avery Bradley, they've signed Gordon Hayward, They've they've made the acquisition of Jason Tatum, they've signed Aaron Baines, and they've gone through their first year. Hayward's been hurt, but they have Kyrie Irving, Al Horford. This is like they have their team. The trade seems to have been Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart for Kawhi Leonard. I'm not sure those numbers totally match up. But the trade seems to have been at that point, Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio was only making 18 million. That's probably why I wanted out. Um, So he was only making 18 million. So Tatum and Smart probably do get that deal done. And it's probably. Smart and Tatum, and maybe you know a draft pick that's not as flashy as the past draft picks. Tatum, by that point, by the way, was making six, seven million, and Marcus Smart was right about the same. It was at kind of I think his ten million dollar level. So that gets uh, where Smart has kind of been hovering for most of his career. Actually, Smart at that point is only at four point five. So there's another piece that has to come in to that deal to get it done unless Smart had already signed his new deal, which he might have because it was an extension. So it might have kicked in. So anyway, this is an interesting one. Should have they given up either? And the other rumor was Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart for Kawhi Leonard for one year of Kawhi Leonard. This one gets interesting. If it's not Jason Tatum and it's Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart for one year of Kawhi Leonard. Now, this is also a case where if we look back at the last two years, of what we've, or last two shows, not two years, of what we've talked about, what is somewhat clear to me on Danny Ainge is his self-evaluation of players, of his own players, is the key to everything he does, which makes it so fascinating for what he does with the Utah Jazz. But he has players through this process, Kendrick Perkins hung with him forever, right? He, made, he acquired Kendrick Perkins in his first deal in 2013, and he traded the world and held on to Kendrick Perkins. Avery Bradley, he held on to to the very end, but Al Jefferson, Delonte West, Tony Allen, he held on to for a long time. Traded Gerald Green, traded Ryan Gomes, traded Randy Foy, held on to those guys. Marcus Smart is the guy he holds here, right? When you go back and look at 2013, when he starts this rebuild and he's got Kelly Olinick and he's got all these other players and he picks jeff green and he moves off jeff green and he's got a avery rajon rondo and he eventually moves off rajon rondo marcus smart is 2014 pick he never moves off him. might be right right they're in the eastern conference finals again this year so that one's interesting that one i think could have some debate over in the chat room in your points of view one year of Kawhi leonard for a champion which May have won them a championship. That door was open, certainly, for Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. For Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart, I, I think you just don't trade Jason Tatum. He's a once in – if you have Jason Tatum for the next 10 years, he's a once in a you know, lifetime talent. Um, and I don't think you you would possibly make that deal. But the Jalen Brown aspect, Brown's still developing. I love Jalen Brown. I actually said earlier this year on this podcast just to show you how wrong I am that if I had to choose between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I would have chosen Jalen Brown. Oops. Um. So, just an interesting... The other point about that that's interesting is it was one year. It was very clear that the Clippers knew that they were getting Kawhi Leonard the whole time. They traveled someone with him for the entire year he was in Toronto. They won a championship in Toronto. Kawhi Leonard was a beast. He's averaged 27 points a game, and, you, and he was going to Los Angeles. And Boston wouldn't have been any different. And that gets to the control item again. The Danny doesn't seem to be willing to make deals and give up a lot of assets for players who he doesn't have control over. Right? He acquires Gordon Hayward. He acquires Al Horford. He has free agents with four-year deals. But I can't find any time in here where Danny Ainge goes and acquires a player for a single year, and the only one that's close is Kyrie Irving, and it burned him. A little. A little. Kyrie just printed. The last one is Anthony Davis. So Anthony Davis on his way out of new Orleans was rumored to possibly going to Boston. Same concept here, by the way, in which Anthony Davis was going to be a free agent and everyone knew he wanted to go to LA and the whole, the number one, if you go back and look at the number one conversation about Anthony Davis leaving new Orleans. And again, he eventually gets traded in, we're talking, uh, his trade goes down in 2019 so a year later than what we just talked about with Kawhi Leonard and he at that point he had signed his extension in 2015 so he was on he was on the last year of his deal he re-signs his new deal um, in LA in 2020 so he's like literally has one year left on his deal and the rumored so that's the first part of it. And everyone knows he wants to go to L.A. And the number one conversation in all of the old Google search Houston, uh, hoops hypes and all the other things is whether or not Anthony Davis would sign a long-term deal in Boston. And Boston's feeling more comfortable that they're going to get it. They could sign Here's the trade. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris, and a 2019 Clippers lottery pick. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris, and a 2019 Clippers lottery pick for Anthony Davis for one year of control. Would you trade Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis? We get to the same thing again here, by the way. Marcus Smart. Like, there may be certain players that Danny understands their value of what they mean to your team and your franchise that are just not going to be movable. Like it seems as though that very well may be the case on Marcus smart, but, and frankly, what's interesting about that is that Marcus Morris, he actually is willing to trade. He trades Marcus Morris in 20, um, or I think Marcus Morris actually signs. Marcus Morris leaves. He actually never signs Marcus Morris. Another extremely tough guy. Marcus Morris signs with the Lake, the Knicks in that offseason of 2019 He's, and then goes and, and gets traded on a good deal by the Clippers. So Anthony Davis, world talent for Jason Tatum, Marcus, Marcus Morris, and a 2019 Clippers first-round pick. So... This leads to a few signature items of why Danny Ainge didn't make any of these four deals that tell us what's happening in this jazz offseason. And we'll touch on that in a second. And I think it's an interesting question. I would say a hard no on three of those four with a possible yes on whether trading Jalen Brown would have been worth a championship, but they wouldn't be where they are today. So you could probably argue th- that otherwise. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Guess what? They're still there. Brownie, batter, puffs. Oh, so good. They are so good. Locked 15 is your promo code. Churro puffs, brownie batter puffs, birthday cake puffs, coconut marshmallow puffs, 140 calories, 17 grams of protein and 6 grams of sugar on those coconut marshmallow. 140, 17 and 7 on those Brownie batter puffs, plus the regular bars, the cookies and cream, the double chocolate, the coconut, the cherry barcia, the mint brownies. The macros are amazing. 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, 4 grams of sugars, and 17 grams of protein for something that tastes like a candy bar, not a protein bar. It's Built Bar, and it's Built Puffs, and the brownie batter puffs are available. Secret. For those of you who had the coconut brownie uh, chunk that loved them like me, basically brownie batter is that they found this, that the chunks melted in one of their things. So the chunks on the brownie bat on the coconut brownie chunk ones, the chunks are actually just melted together and made into brownie batter puffs. Yes.
1: So good.
0: Uh, So good. So go grab those and promo code is locked fifth and today's show is brought to you by Sakara. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Saqqara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle, and you truly enjoy it with delicious, plant rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Now is the time to see wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life. Start with what you eat. With Saqqara, you get nutrition dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. True radiance starts on your plate make your high quality organic ingredients sakara's planet rich transformational nutrition programs are expertly designed to deliver real results from reduced uh bloat to eased digestion to clear skin and boost energy and mood sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants right now sakara is offering Listeners, 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20. Enter locked on 20 at checkout. That's sakara, dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. sakara.com slash locked on 20. So what do we learn from those four non-trades? The first thing I think is just, there's no desperation in Danny Ainge. So when we look at the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert trade rumors swirling, and they're the number one trade rumors that are going to be talked about because they're the two most interesting players that are available in all the league in an offseason that's led by Bradley Beal and Zach Levine and not that interesting. But there's no panic. Right? He didn't panic on Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or Anthony Davis. The second thing I would say is he is against players who he doesn't have control over. Now, this might be why he wants to move, you know, Donovan. If Donovan really is going to want to be traded in a year or two, then maybe you you move that before it happens. But he, he doesn't, he's not willing to go get Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or Anthony Davis on the last year of their contract and have them leave. There's a few reasons you might not want to do that. One is team, right? Building a team. And that one, I think, is the most interesting question to me about how Ainge views a team. Marcus Smart, not ever willing to give up on Marcus Smart or Marcus Morris. His understanding of team dynamics, because our team dynamic wasn't great this year. And so how does he address that in this offseason? But when you go and add a Jimmy Butler, who's disruptive to teams, a Paul George, a Kawhi Leonard, or Anthony Davis, none of those would be thought of as teammates either. No, You wouldn't put... Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis on the elite teammate list in any way, shape, or form. And Kawhi was really a one-year mercenary and everyone knew it. Got a championship. Toronto loves him for it. Probably that deal, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart for Kawhi Leonard might have gotten Boston a championship too. Might have. Kawhi Leonard's pretty good. The Anthony Davis deal would have been Jason Tatum, which has probably been a mistake because Jason Tatum's great. Maybe not, frankly. Well, and Marcus Morris and Smart, probably mistake. But, you know, hey, Anthony Davis stays healthy in Boston and he's rolling with that group. Maybe they've won a championship by now, too. I mean, these are championship-caliber players. You're passing them. So my takeaway is that, one, he's uninterested in not having control over players. So when we start playing the trade machine this offseason – Guy, one-year contract guys aren't that interesting, I would guess. Which makes me wonder, like, would a player like Tobias Harris be more interesting to not, you know, to Danny Ainge than someone else? Because Tobias Harris, who's an overpaid $35 million, has two years left on his deal. Would, you know, we've been trying to find the wins, Right. Would Kristaps Porzingis, thirty-one million, two years left, really big risk? Like we've just, but it's worth talking about. It's kind of crazy. Dame Lillard, three years left, thirty-nine million. Those all seem like they would match a Danny Ainge acquisition. The other thing I love about all of those, by the way, would be you go take a run at it, a big swing. If it doesn't work, it clearly doesn't work. You can move all of them at the next deadline, and then you start to rebuild. Then you blow it up. You make this big move, you rejuice the thing, you change the whole dynamic, and then if it doesn't work, you blow it all up after that. And if it does work, pretty great. The other thing, I think, is just another signature of age throughout this whole process, when we've looked at his 20 years of work in Boston, is an understanding of his own talent. Moved Rajon Rondo at the perfect time. Moved Avery Bradley at the perfect time. Moved Isaiah Thomas at the perfect time. Got off of Al Jefferson, Delonte West, held on to certain guys that fit the mold of the team. Kendrick Perkins, Marcus Morris, Marcus Smart. All tough guys, frankly. And there's something there to I think him understanding very well what his team essence needs. And so when you look at these deals that involve a Marcus Smart, it's not going. He also is underst- is is His understanding of what his other options were. I mean, the Jimmy Butler one's super interesting because of what he ended up turning Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, and the Jason Tatum pick into. Jason Tatum. The other is a level of patience. Right? There's no urgency, no desperation in any of these. There's a level of patience. Like, oh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are going to be great. We're going to let it happen. There's... There's nothing, you know, the Kawhi Leonard would have been an all chips in, probably not in the Eastern Conference finals today. But could have won a title. Give me your thoughts on all those, what we learned from it. Tomorrow we'll review all of this. Take your mailbag questions as well on what what we've learned from Ainge. My biggest takeaways, just to sum it up, and we'll talk about this more tomorrow, on this are understanding of his own talent, no desperation, no interest in lack of control. It is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast in the Utah Jazz. Thanks very much for tuning in. Please subscribe on your podcast player or on YouTube or follow us for free. We are here and available each and every